1: Welcome to Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast. As always, I'm your co host, Art Stone. And with me, as always, is your co host, Andy Hart. Hey, Art, baby, how's it going? Hey, you're looking great. Daddy, Yo, it's good to see you, baby. Oh, looking great.
2: So good to be here. I tell you, it is a pleasure always coming on the show with you. Andy, you're looking like a five, you're looking like five bucks, a $5 foot long. <laughs> That's what you
1: look That's like. That's
2: what they call me, Mr. $5 foot long. And you know why they call me that? Because I'm cheap and I'm not that tall. $5 foot long. It has nothing to do with my penis. It's not the five foot long, $5. $5 foot long. Um, <laughs> You know, uh, I, most of funny. my body composition is cold cuts. So... It's that true. tracks.
1: It's true. Yeah. No, uh, you've you've spent uh, many a years as the um, Honey Baked Ham inside of a Jewel Osco deli counter.
2: Yeah. Yeah. They called me Mr. Honey Baked Ham, the $5 foot long man.
1: And people would say, give me a pound of that. And the butcher would take <laughs> you out and slice you on the thing.
2: And I would scream in agony because it hurts. I still have all the nerve endings, all the slicing. They just grow
0: back. Okay. <laughs>
1: i'll have what he's having um (laughs) but andy you know you're looking comfy you're sitting down oh my god
2: is there anything finer than a good seat you love a chair you know sitting is the great equalizer why is that it's the way that the common man becomes like a king
1: Yeah, it's true if you were sitting at a higher level than somebody else we all park our rumps in a chair we all park a Rupson chair, but hopefully not today's topics chair. Oh, boy. You sit in this chair,
2: and you've got trouble ahead, fella, because you're going to die.
1: That's because what are we talking about
2: today, Andy? I mean, We're talking about a killer chair. This is And it. A- I'm not talking about some chair that is really fucking cool, dude. I'm talking about a chair that
1: will kill you. Because you sat in it because it got cursed by a murderer. This is not the lazy boy chair that you used to have in your apartment that you fucking broke. No, this is an
2: active boy chair actively going to kill you if you get anywhere near it. This is called the Thomas Busby chair, the chair of death. That's right. And many other names
1: for this chair. Uh, This is a cursed chair that kills people. And this came from another cursed, and this came, this topic came to us from a cursed individual who also may or may not have killed people in right. his life. Yeah. This, this is a bit of a cursed topic
2: because yeah. it's about a curse. It came from a cursed individual. Um, and it's dripping with blood, it's surrounded by murder. Thank you for this topic, Ian Hamilton. Thank you, Ian Hamilton. Ian, Ian Hamilton O'Sullivan, thank you for oh, providing his, this. Topic. He gets the last name too. Yeah. He got it. He, they, they share a last
1: name. Oh, they did that thing. Is there a hyphen? No, I <laughs> like how we're talking about them on the air. It's all one word. This is obnoxious. There's no space. Um, um, Thank you, Ian Hamilton O'Sullivan, uh, for suggesting this topic, but also um, to your alleged victims, our hearts go out to you. Yeah, I mean, it's, Ian, it's pretty despicable what you've done. May or may not have been the Lindbergh baby kidnapper. We don't know. You may or may not be responsible for that dead child. Possibly dead child, but thank you for this topic about this death chair. Yeah, thanks for this topic about this weird old chair. Kind of sounds like you're sending us a message, but we'll see.
2: Uh, and it's weird that when you sent the email with this topic, you said "have a nice sit." <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. So uh, we'll see what's up with that, Ian. But thank you again, and Bunk Funkers. Uh, I think you're gonna like this one paranormal topic evil object topic i think that's becoming a category we've had the death car i forget the, the golden, the golden eagle. eagle the death car now we've got we've had the we've briefly mentioned the die book box on maybe yeah. the patreon and maybe here right. i can't remember First box uh and now we have of course the death chair the chair of death yeah chair of death we've got
2: i i mean you know you don't this doesn't really fit into any other category it's not necessarily a ghost story right um but it is a paranormal and I mean, cursed objects, haunted objects. This is, this really is becoming like its own, its own genre.
1: It's a genre. And if you bunkfunkers can't wait to park Hello. your rump. me, genre. Park your rump on the, the, all the research of the Thomas Bigsby's Bugsby, Bugs Bunny. Busby. Thomas Busby's I mean, what's up, Doc? What's up with your, uh, you can't say Busby. Uh, Busby's um, chair. The death chair. The chair of death. You, of course, can look in the, the show notes. Well, you'll find a timestamp to when the research begins. But first, Andy and I have to tell you about our lives in the bunker.
2: We got to tell you about what's been going on in the the bunker. We had a lot of adventures in the bunker with our family, <sighs> haven't we, Andy? Man, oh man, year. this has been quite a wild ride for us. Now, fingers, bunk I'm sure all of you know because this was probably the biggest cultural story yeah. of the last 50 years but uh we did start a family youtube channel yeah myself and art the two daddies of our family we're
1: daddies and our children and we've been sharing you these daddies' stories on the show over the course of the year um we're family men you know we have our children peon musk their teenage undead sasquatch son Mm -hmm. we have adult baby david crosby Mm -hmm. and this has been our lives and we've been sharing them with you and we decided you know what we need to share it with a with a bigger audience. Yeah, we need a to share it stage,
2: with, you know, more people because, you know, as much as we've helped you, bunk funkers, with your lives
1: through our advice and our experience, so many messages we've gotten from other daddies saying you guys have taught me so much. You guys are fan like you know, just so many positive messages.
0: Yeah,
2: it's
1: and unbelievable. we,
2: you know, and we know that we really sit at the pinnacle of parenting, mm-hmm. and so we. We knew that if there was one thing that we had to do, it was get our experience yeah. out to other people because yep. honestly, it should be considered a crime for us to not be doing this for every person on earth because yep. everybody stands to benefit from us.
1: Yeah. So we did. We started a family YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, where we, you know, we've been showcasing. You all have been watching it. Um, this is, uh, you know, of course, this is on YouTube's uh, youtubes.orgs, orgs, um, you know, forward slash dot co dot UK. It's obviously, that's where YouTube is located now. <laughs> um, and, you know, actually, it was it was us who who actually the thing is, is we were posting all these videos, you know, and. You know how these YouTube trolls are? They were spamming us with dislikes, which is like these are just YouTube trolls and haters. So we actually talked to YouTube and mm-hmm. we said, get, "Guy, get rid of that button, that dislike button."
2: Yeah, well, yeah, we. You know, it's just so ridiculous that right. So many of these, there are so many companies, yeah, that are rivals of ours. Yep. Um, in parenting advice, places like Bye Bye Baby. <laughs> And KFC and baby Bjorn and baby Bjorn and Gerber, baby Gerber. Uh, Everybody wants to be the market leader on baby advice and parenting advice. But, you know, we're the only ones with actual good advice to sell. And so these companies, they all pay for these like click farms to come in and mass downvote our videos and leave. Frankly, disgusting comments on our videos. Yeah,
1: they they they're afraid of our meteoric rise in subscriberships and listenships, and so mm-hmm. they're they're afraid. They see this. They're leaving hateful comments like, "You guys are awful parents. You don't know what you're doing. You're endangering the lives." We we put up this great video where our family took an extreme hang gliding trip together oh my in God, the Maldives. Yes, yes we the were number one in hang gliding spot. The number
2: one, you know. The best thing to do for hang gliding is get as close to sea level as possible. (laughs) And so we went extreme hang gliding in the Maldives uh, as a family. And of course, I mean, hang gliding is not dangerous. They wouldn't call it extreme for no other reason. But extreme hang gliding does have an amount of risk. And yes, we all crashed.
1: Yes, we all shattered our pelvises. Completely shattered them. Individually, each one of us shattered our pelvis. Yeah. So we all have um like basically we look like uh fucking sumo wrestlers because yeah. we have these big casts we have
2: these big casts that like diaper casts diaper casts and you know we all have catheters we all have like a tube that comes out of the back of the cast diaper for our dookie and we just you know sort of dump into a bag right. and then change the bag periodically And that
1: was also a video of like how to change your hang gliding accident diaper uh sumo wrestler diaper cast Colostomy bag. Right. We put up that video as well. Right. And yes, how to,
2: you know, we get all these, we get all these rude comments uh, on that video about like, oh, how can you make your sons change your colostomy bag? And why, why does, (gasps) why does it, why does an adult baby have to change your own catheter for you? You're two adult daddies. You should be able to do this. And it's just like, okay, we get it you're just trying to trying to paint us in a bad light and totally misrepresent what's going These on. These are here.
1: haters and trolls. These haters are internet troll haters. Haters
2: and trolls. I mean, you know, we p- have videos out there where we went to Brunchers Brunch Hut in town. Yep. Um, you know, we got our breakfast pizzones, and people are saying like how can you how can you take your children out to a restaurant <laughs> like this? It's clearly a front for yeah. somebody trying to abduct you. Uh, Even in the video, you get abducted at the end and then you get taken back and your children have to fend for themselves. Right. And you have a Sasquatch driving a conversion van with like scenes of Vikings having sex painted on the side of it. And it's just like, yeah, that's why there's a video. So you don't have to repeat all this stuff. I know. Friggin comments.
1: I know. And it's like this one, this comment is being upvoted to the top. And then like, it's so ridiculous. And can I just
2: say that YouTube comments are such a hellscape. (laughs) It is just... Such a hellscape. Such a hellscape. It's the (laughs) worst place on the internet, YouTube comments, because it's just all these trolls. So many trolls. So many trolls. Bad video, Honestly, YouTube
1: should be under a bridge because there are so many fucking trolls there. Yeah, you should have to answer a riddle to even log on.
2: You know, so our next big push is to have comments disabled on every video. No more comments. No more comments. You can just watch content, and you can either choose
1: to watch it or move along. Right. And, um... You know, it's just that we gotta get rid of these. We can't like this is not constructive criticism. This is haters. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's like we posted a video where we had all these boxes. We're doing an unboxing on these like really cool, really awesome um bunk tech bunker shakes. These are bunk tech bunk teen bunker shakes. Mm-hmm. They're really cool protein shakes in a wide array of flavors, and they're only like I mean, they're really not that chalky. They're not as chalky as people are saying they are. <laughs> and I mean, well, and like, okay, yeah. chalky is subjective. Right. That's a subjective. Maybe First I like chalky shakes. Yeah. I mean, it's
2: okay. Like, oh, you don't like it as chalky as it is. Okay. Right. Good for you. You don't have to tell
1: everybody that you didn't like it. And there's these power bars and other cool things. Right. That power are like,
2: bars that have, you know, it's it's right. literally to power your day. They're coursing with electricity. There's old batteries
1: in them. And they're... They're difficult to eat, sure, but it's worth it. It's good for you, yeah. And the thing is, is it's a subscription model. This is like totally like they make money when you make money, so it's like it's all symbiotic, right? Um, you know, all you have to do, you yeah. can get your box right every month, every week, whatever you want.
2: Yeah, your your bunk tech uh, bunker box, and you know, all you have to do is invite three friends. Yeah. to also that's it. To also join it, and they invite three friends. What you
1: don't have three friends? Probably not. You fucking internet troll. <laughs> Yeah, of course you don't because you're not a real person. So you have all these trolls being like, "This is an MLM. You guys are totally part of an MLM. This is a pyramid
2: scheme." And it's like, no, we do. We are not affiliated like, with the Hershey Company. It's like, we what? do not. We are not involved in the production of M and M's. Stop saying that. It's a lie. I don't know where this came up. It's like, oh, they, everybody wants to paint art as the red M&M and me as the yellow M&M. And it's not true. We are not M&M's. Stop not fucking saying we're M&M's. Do we want to fuck the green m M&M? and Sure, course, but we are wouldn't? not M&M's. What red-blooded American with blood coursing through their fucking veins doesn't want to fuck the green m M&M? and And you know, it's really a tell that these are not real people. The fact that yeah. they, they can't do the ampersand, that they have to do MLM. It's like, okay, I get it. You're not a real person now. I know this is just you some fucking robot.
1: bot. You bot, bot hater, you bot hater, hater bot, B- 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 bot troll, bot troll, master bot.
2: Yeah, why don't you fucking get out of here, bot man? Think, <laughs> acting like we're a couple of jokers, bot man.
1: <laughs> so people, have, I mean, it's just it's so rude. There's so many fucking haters, but it's like we don't we just ignore the haters. You have to ignore the haters. You have to. You have to ignore the haters, people. You have to make the content. You have to ignore the haters. You have to put your kids out there for content. You have right. to fucking whore your kids up for content. Right. Because that's you, how you get to the top. Look, and, you
2: know, us getting to the top also means that we help every person on earth. And it's, it's, it's simultaneous. So, you know, this haters, these trolls, we're such, we're giving such good parenting advice. Are we the next Jesus is Christ? Maybe. Potentially. We're doing stuff for your sins. Yeah. We're saving you. We're saving you from yourselves. We're saving's grace. And if you really believe that everybody's a sinner, we're saving you from yourself.
1: We're saving you from your sins. 3 days grace? Mm-hmm. We're more like a week's worth of grace. Yeah. 5 days. Yeah, five 7 days. days. 8 days. Well, grace. 5 business days. Eight we days take the week. weekends off. <laughs> God only took one day, we're taking two. Daddy's got a rest. Daddy's got a rest. Uh but you know,
2: our YouTube is going to change the world and all these trolls are trying to sabotage it. So Honestly, bunk funkers, you got to realize that these trolls are against you, not against us. They don't want you to be happy. They don't want you to yeah. succeed.
1: So stop calling the CPA and sending them towards our fucking houses. Stop telling that there's child endangerment going on in the bunker because there's not.
2: Yes, we, we are so tired of certified public accountants showing up here and trying to talk to us about our child's welfare. It's like at least send child protective services. Good Lord.
1: Yeah, quit sending these fucking Poindexters with these the, their damn fucking pocket protectors.
2: Yeah, you. If another person shows up with a calculator on the bunker doorstep, I tell you, I'm gonna lose my mind.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna lose my marbles. Um, and, and that's th- gonna be
2: on YouTube. Me beating the hell out of a CPA. So any accountants listening to this, you better watch out. That fuckers. is
1: okay. All right, Andy, let the cat out of the bag. We're doing another series of like CPA style bum fights. It's called CPA bum fights. This is where we. Either we're fighting CPAs or we make, you know, certified public accountants fight bums on the street. We go to like Ernst and Young and we go into the bullpen
2: and we we bring a big wad. We bring a big wad of cash in there and we're like, hey, anybody, anybody who wants to fight for this money, get in the ring right now. And then, you know, these guys just graduated college. They're ready. You know, these are like the summer, the summer interns. They're ready for anything.
1: Yeah, so we've got we've got Ernst and Young on there fighting bums in the street. Uh, we've got uh, you Deloitte
2: know, and Touche, Deloitte and Touche,
1: <laughs> Growth Power Direct, or the
2: what's the other other one? Is yeah, uh, we got uh, we got um, you know that. We got that accounting firm that, uh, you know, went bankrupt with the whole Enron thing. Uh, yeah. Arthur Anderson. Right. We brought them back just for this. I mean, they all really need the money.
1: They do. Because they, so they got all them. lost their licenses. Yeah. We've got them fighting people in the streets left and right. So CPA yeah. style bump fights. Look for that on YouTubes.org forward slash co dot UK. And you can go to our channel uh, forward slash daddy's bears
2: uh, because, you know, we're from Chicago. We love the team. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
1: so just go look for you know youtube's we do get a lot of weird i don't know i mean we get a lot of weird comments of people being like i can't jerk off to this this is not what i wanted and this is so disgusting these are children these are fucking. peon musk is an undetermined age and david crosby is only 88 years well, he's old he's a teen and yeah adult baby david crosby is in his 80s so he's a, he's an adult baby so but he's a baby. He's a fucking baby. It's disgusting. It's, sick. it's, it's sick. absolutely fucking disgusting. These it's like are- this reverse
2: anime thing where yeah. people are trying instead of trying to jerk off to a cartoon, a really old cartoon character that looks like a child. Right. They're trying to jerk off to a baby that's actually eighty-eight years old. Right.
1: And oh, wait, um,
2: an old man that looks is actually a baby.
1: Right. And so the thing is, is we've ignored the haters, and for good reason. We've we've been awarded a YouTube silver play button. Right. And um you know that's and of course what, that means whatever it means it means it means we have over a trillion subscribers one trillion one trillion we're the first ever yeah we beat out um pewdiepie we beat out the fucking mr beast mr beasts we beat him out uh we beat all these dudes we off We beat out um we beat off pewdiepie we beat off mr beast we beat off
2: we beat Fuck. off, uh, let's see, who are the other famous Doctor YouTubers? Dr. Disrespect. <laughs> uh, yeah, we beat off uh, Dr. Pimple Popper. Ah.
1: We- <laughs> Good. Good riddance. Uh, we beat off every every big YouTuber. Pretty much all the big YouTubers. Of course, we all know their names. We beat off Sesame Street
2: and their YouTube channel. Um, uh, We beat them all.
1: <laughs> the entire cast of Sesame Street and you know, beat them on- all off.
2: And you know, honestly, Bunk Funkers, there's not one trillion people on this earth. So it just goes to show you that. Many people wanted our content so much that they made alternate accounts, right, and they also subscribed
1: so the silver play button got shipped to our house uh at the bunker, and um you know it showed up, and I mean, I can see why this is so coveted you know it immediately starts talking to you right, yeah. I mean, and it's funny. I thought it was going to be like a replica of the
2: play button on YouTube. No. Like the YouTube logo. But no, it's actually it's actually just like an older man. An older buff who's man. Who's really buff and completely painted silver. He's spray painted silver. And I don't think the breathable body safe silver paint either. Because this gentleman was wheezing quite a bit and <laughs> seemed to be very
1: disoriented. And he said, um, you know, like... I've got you guys. It's me, Mr. Bunker. I'm the YouTube silver play button. And now I like, I've put it out into the world all the stupid bullshit you idiots are doing. I
2: created a trillion different Gmail addresses yeah. and s- subscribed to your channel. Right. So that you would get this, so everybody could see what a couple of fucking idiots you are and right. how much you've hurt music legend David Crosby. And my best friend on earth, Peon Musk.
1: (laughs) I've had it with you two. I'm seriously, I'm getting sick of it. This is seriously probably going to be the last fucking time. I'm done with it. I think I finally found a plan to like fucking put you guys down for good. I'm at the end of my rope here.
2: This has been so ridiculous. You should have never won that court case. Right? I was in the right. You were in the wrong. You took everything from me and I'm going to finally get
1: back at you. And it was just like, this is not good content. Like, it's how like, am I supposed to make a YouTube video? It's of this. Like,
2: uh, hello, YouTube's. I think there's a malfunction with your award.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh boy, it was just really. uh It's just like that's not. I can't make a video out of that. Like, no one wants to watch that.
2: So anyway, this guy's. This guy starts using our toilet for like four hours straight. <laughs> so we came to the studio because we're like, Jesus Christ, we gotta get away from this guy because he was just screaming.
1: Yeah, he was screaming. He's going. Rrr, rrr. Yeah, he was using the open face toilet, which is not cool. Yeah, um, that's and I'm telling you, he had silver everywhere. Yeah, there's silver marks all over the fucking bunker. now. Yeah, so
2: the paint was not dry.
1: Maybe we can make a fun video of that where we're
2: cleaning up the house. Yeah,
1: Swiffer wet jetting yeah. all over the floor.
2: Yeah, we got to show everybody how to clean up, which is just Swiffer wet jet every surface.
1: Well, first, you have to dress up like a sexy maid. You can't get any cleaning done unless you're dressed up like no. a sexy French maid. I mean, you're going to be too hot and sweaty. You got to yeah. get something breathable like sure. a French maid's outfit.
2: But, you know, bunkfunkers, that's all part of being a daddy's,
1: is teaching your kids how to clean up. So that's all part of being a daddy's. And um, yeah, and I mean I think we might as well get to get to podcasting because, you know, it's it's like, you know, what what, what are we gonna do here? So uh what are my what am I gonna do there? <laughs> I'll tell you what you're gonna do there. <laughs> And uh, I think I think what we're gonna do here is is talk about St. Bugsby's chair. What's his name? Thomas Busby. Thomas Bugs Bunny. <laughs> yeah, that's it. You got it. We're gonna talk about his death chair, Thomas Busby, and his fucking wild ass chair. Might sound like the open face toilet, uh, but uh, oh, jeez. Anyway, here on Mister Bunker's Conspiracy Time podcast. Have a seat. Oh, Andy, but first, we have to get to a bunker alarm. That's right. We've got a red hot sexy new patron. Oh, my goodness.
2: <laughs> I mean, as far as we know. <laughs> well, this patron might take flight. That's true. Um, And there's nothing sexier than flying.
1: <laughs> That's true. I've or been
2: Xavier. in an airplane before, and I, I got to tell you. you. Yeah, well, you were with me.
1: Why is your fly undone? My fly is undone. Okay, Bunk Speaking making a fly. All right, the the button on my sweatpants joggers that I'm wearing uh does not function properly anymore. So I only have the zipper, and it falls down. Don't worry about my Andy. We're not here to talk about my zipper. We're here to give. It's up very distracting. <laughs> All we're right, looking back, at my crotch. Back to the business at
2: hand. <laughs> We have a bunker alarm for a new patron. We have a bunker alarm for a a not flightless new patron. That's right. So I want to take this moment right now to say thank you very much to our newest patron, Owlology.
1: Thank you, Owlology.
2: Owlology, which I think in Greek means the study of owls. (laughs)
1: That's derived from the Greek of, yes, yeah. the study of owls. Yeah, I believe that's the, the, the thing. The and, Greek word for owl meaning
2: owl. And, you know, bunkfunkers. I'll be honest, we don't know a lot of the lore of owlology, so we don't yeah. know if owlology is an ornithologist specializing in owls. <laughs> uh, we don't know if owlology is, uh, what was that electronic music band, Owl City?
1: We don't know if Owlology wow. is big, wow. in, big into Owl City. Wow! What a fucking pull for Andy! Holy shit! I am floored. Algae, I mean, this is oh my god. I mean, Owlology. You've you've
2: you've got to be like you've got to be hungry, stunned by right? this, like seeing ten thousand fireflies, right?
1: Oh my god! So, uh, what a pull! <laughs> I'm so shocked. I can't believe you know that reference. Art is legitimately Woo! stunned,
2: bunk bunkers. Good lord! Yeah, look, I know a few things. All right, so owlology for you, because we're so grateful. <laughs> we're gonna fire up the bunk tech bunker alarm three thousand. Mm, this it's is gonna take flight. This is
1: it's gonna it literally
2: hovers off the you're floor. You
1: can be craning your head one hundred and eighty degrees.
2: Yeah, you're gonna be you're gonna be looking all around because it's gonna be surround sound. This sound is so complete and so encompassing. You won't know where it's coming from. The Bunktec Bunker Alarm 3000 is such a sophisticated piece of equipment. It will play a perfectly synced alarm to thank you for your patronage, which I know I speak for Art when I say we are so very grateful for. So let's just go ahead and fire up the machine here now, uh, Bunk Funkers. I do want to say we heard your feedback on the silencer and the pre-recorded sounds, and you know a lot of people said that it just did not feel authentic. So <laughs> we're trying. It's a little bit of a different <laughs> yeah. schema here with okay, the, schema with the uh, sounds we've done it has, we had a technician come in from bunk tech um, wow. bunk tech, bunk technician, and they came in and took a look at the machine and fixed it up. So I hope you're going to like this, but you know if you don't, you just have to let us know and we'll have the technician come out again and try we'll try something else.: okay? We'll do
1: whatever we We'll call that technician out every fucking time. It doesn't cost us a fucking dime. All right, so we're going to flip this thing on. <laughs> hearing hints of zoidberg yeah it sounds very much
2: like curly joe all right so that's just the startup noise that's
1: very soft a lot yeah. softer than it used to be so yeah. obviously this bunk technician did something this is
2: a skilled technician so let's go looking um let's see what happens when i start pressing the keys on the keyboard hey that's cool <laughs> hey that's cool. <laughs> no that was gonna happen oh wow uh, oh oh that's neat all right let's uh let's click the old clicker here wow oh, sounds like a video game wow uh okay, yeah, this is a good Oh, this one looks nice this is a nice one for Allology. Uh, this is a good one for allogy yeah, I know I mean you know. I part of my skill as operating the bunk tech bunker alarm 3000 is that I can sense. Wow. Through the airwaves, you know, what each is going to be a perfectly synced, what each patron, you know, what audio recording? Yeah. That the, which alarm really suits their personality. Very cool. And so far I've never gotten any feedback that I'm wrong. So I can only assume that I'm batting a thousand. So and if you
1: did, you probably, that, I mean, you know, not probably just feedback a ever gets lost in the mail, but maybe some of that feedback has gotten lost in the mail. Yeah. Yeah. yeah who knows? And maybe those,
2: patrons were just wrong so uh <laughs> let's go ahead and let's 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 play this this alarm for allology right, again thank you so
1: much thank you this bunker alarm is for you
2: in three two one.
0: Oh, wow.
2: wow, very
1: melodic alarm. Very melodic, very Owl City-esque. wow, I mean, yeah, some might say, yes, yeah, some might say Owl City. Wow. Yeah. Owology, owl city, allology, all owl city. Um, either way, thank you, allology. Owl- owl- Sorry. That, that's it, It's difficult for me to say. This is a hard one for Art. It, it, I, it doesn't mean I don't appreciate the patronage and your support of the show any less. If any of you are it's considering so becoming
2: patrons, please consider making your Patreon screen name like Mercury something. <laughs> like anything that you think will trip up Ow. Art. So that he can read it on because Owlology is a good one for him. Owl, owl, owl. See, like, he gets tongue tied. So, Owlology, thank you for that. That's a gift, uh, your screen name. Uh, we would love it. Anybody else that signs up, give Art your most complicated screen name you can think of sure. for his mouth, which sure. is, doesn't have to be many big words. It really doesn't. It could be and if, you know, like he'll get screwed up on anything. And if. Yeah, see?
1: And if. You just got to make it, you know, confuse him. So, <laughs> owlology, you, thank Owl you owlology. again. <laughs> uh, thank you, Owlology, for your patronage and the support. We appreciate it. It means a lot to us. Um, And, um, yeah, Andy, I think, uh, and again, thank you to Owlology, but, but I think we got to get to today's topic. Oh, that's right. We do. We
2: got to, hey, hey, bunkfunkers, why don't you pull up a chair? Take a rest, huh?
1: Be careful, you might die! Anywho. Anywho, here's today's topic.
2: Hey, Art! Today, we're talking about one of my favorite subjects, small business. Now, a lot of people don't know this about me, but it's actually my dream to do business and be businessman. And the first step on that path is starting a small business. Wow. Now, I have so much respect for small businesses and small business owners. Okay. That's why I know a big part of being business is being smart. So I figured, let's be smart. Why come up with an idea for a business and start my own? when the show is already kind of like a business, right? Hmm. So I'm proud to announce that I'm now the business manager for
1: Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time. Huh. Hmm. Now uh, This kind of feels like a bad thing, but uh, let's see how it goes. I, I mean, <laughs> I guess I thought today's episode was about a cursed piece of furniture. <laughs> uh, it is.
2: Oh, but you see the main non-furniture character in today's story was a small business owner. I am, of course, talking about Thomas Busby, the guy who was the owner of an inn, a small business, and also the owner of a
1: mass-murdering chair. Now, the chair itself goes by many names, some of which we made up exclusively just for this bit. You've got Busby's stoop chair. Uh, you've got the chair of death, dead man's chair, sit on it and die, Sito Doom, and the chair that causes people to no longer be alive, Ooh. which is which, you'll have to figure out for yourself. But... Before any of that, it was a chair belonging to one Thomas Busby. Now, to understand the story of Thomas Busby, you first have
2: to get to know Daniel Audie. Daniel was what I would call an unscrupulous businessman. Wow. That is to say, he was a criminal. Oh. Uh, Daniel lived in North Yorkshire County in England and began stealing jewelry and counterfeiting money to support his family, including his daughter, the comely Elizabeth. Bank. Bunkfunkers, funkers, bank funkers bank funkers. Bank, bank, bank fuckers and bunk funkers. <laughs> bunkfunkers. <laughs> uh bunk bunkers. As a prominent member of the business community, while I have to say I admire Daniel Audi's entrepreneurial spirit, I can't condone his illicit activities. The number one rule for being business is to follow the law. Personally, I would never break the law and definitely would never steal or counterfeit money or betray my longtime friend and comedy partner by embezzling funds from our creative projects. Anyway, Uh, the Audie family lived on a relatively secluded farm in a house called Danity Hall in the village of Kirby Whisk, a good setting to counterfeit money undetected. Kirby (laughs) Whisk. Those are real names. Danity Hall, Kirby Whisk. It's also been claimed that Daniel built a secret room in Danity Hall, which was connected to the cellar. By a secret passageway. Dan Nutty Hall.
0: Den-
2: <laughs> <laughs> this was one Dan Naughty Hall. Yeah, baby. Thomas Busby owned an inn in the nearby village of Sandhutton. Daniel decided to take on the titular Thomas Busby as his partner
1: in crime. Now, Thomas and Elizabeth fell in love and they became partners in the ultimate criminal enterprise, marriage. <laughs> I guess you could say that Thomas Busby stole Elizabeth's heart. Oh. It was a classic tale of boy meets girl's father and becomes criminal partners with the father and then later marries the daughter. Tale as old as time, Andy. We've all heard it. Anyway, in 1702, Daniel and Thomas, eh, they had a bit of a dispute. Apparently, the two didn't have a good working relationship and Thomas was usually pissed at Daniel for some reason or another. Thomas was also a drunk, which, you know, that didn't really help matters. The reason for this disagreement in 1702 was because they couldn't decide on the proper split of their illicit proceeds, which led to an argument, uh, which led to both men storming back to their respective homes without resolving anything. The night
2: after this dispute, Daniel decided to visit his daughter and son-in-law at their residence, which again was the inn Thomas owned in Sandhutton. Depending on who you ask, Daniel was either just dropping by for a friendly visit or he was there to take Elizabeth back to live with him. Thomas had been out at a flare bar drinking with his buddies, possibly doing shots of melted butter, and when he returned, he found Daniel sitting in his favorite chair. Bunkfunkers, someone sitting in your favorite chair just naturally fills you with rage. Now imagine that your father-in-law and partner in crime was also trying to screw you Out of your share of the profits, then you come home and you find his disgusting, unwashed ass smearing itself in your favorite chair, and he's got that dumbass fucking look on his face like, oh, didn't expect to see you here. Well, wise up, dipshit, because I fucking live here. You're in my house now, you fucking idiot. Now move your ass from my chair before I move my chair from your ass.
0: I'm gonna move that chair, Capiche? Fuck. (laughs) <laughs> Don't sit in Andy's chair, I guess. Jeez, fuck, boy, is
1: fuck. Anyway, Thomas attacked Daniel. I guess you know, channeling some of that Andy energy, and Daniel pulled an all-time honorable move by declining to fight Thomas since Thomas was clearly drunk. Instead, Daniel excused himself and started to go home, which you know I feel is like a very Midwestern way to handle a fight. Like, oh. Hey, notice you're intoxicated there. Just gonna sneak past you and head out. Okay. Bye-bye now. Hey! What what's going on? Everything just went dark. Where where'd the lights go?
2: Oh, oh, um, I <laughs> I don't know, Art. Uh uh, let me just make a, a quick call to the power company.
0: excuse me here. Yeah, this is Andy from The Bunker. My lights are out.
2: I told you I would pay you. The money is on its way. Turn the power back on or you'll never get another dime from me, okay? Better. Now turn on the damn lights. Hey, there we go. (laughs) Haha. All in a day's work for
1: the business manager. <laughs> um, okay, but uh, didn't we have the electrical bill on auto pay? Like, did something happen to our bank account? Oh, no,
2: no. Uh, just, Just an error on the power company's part, of course. I have everything well in hand. Hmm. I can assure you that I did not raid the bunker bank account and buy multiple pieces of European-style swimwear for myself. That's a very specific example. Um... Andy, I'm starting to... Oh, hey, uh, so back to this uh, fucking chair, right? Uh, This fucking chair, right, huh? Okay, Uh, sure. So Daniel skipped out on fighting Thomas because of how drunk Thomas was. Well, Thomas was having none of that shit. He followed Daniel home to Dan Utty Hall and attacked Daniel with a hammer until Daniel was completely murdered. Thomas tried to hide the body in the woods, but Daniel's sudden disappearance caused a local search effort. Daniel's dead body was discovered by the searchers, as in the people searching for Daniel, not the 1960s British invasion pop group from Liverpool. Uh, And Thomas was arrested. Then he went
1: to trial for the crime, and then he was sentenced to be executed for the crime. On the way to the gallows, Thomas asked for the chance to carry out his last wish, which was granted. So Thomas went back to his inn, which was conveniently located right across the street from the execution site. And went to see the most precious thing in his life. His chair. He drank a pint of ale and put a curse on the chair, proclaiming, May sudden death come to anyone who dares sit in me chair.
2: It's funny because that's the same thing I tell my family every time I get up to go to
1: the bathroom or leave the house for any reason. (laughs) You know what? The similarities between you and Thomas Busby are too numerous to ignore. (laughs) You lush. (laughs) We're two peas in a pod. Anywho. After cursing his beloved chair and possibly saying "see ya" to his wife, Thomas Busby's death sentence was carried out uh, as we said, right across the street from his inn. And Thomas was gibbeted. What does that mean? Gibbeted. His giblets were taken out. <laughs> no, he was he was placed in a gibbet. What is that? It's like an iron. It's like an
2: iron enclosure or a cage. Jesus Christ! Uh, and they like suspend it. Fuck. So it's like he was hanged to death, and then he was put into a cage Ugh. and then suspended. That's supposed
1: to be a sex thing, not a torture thing. Well All I right. mean is it really torture if he's already dead? Thomas was gibbeted, his body dipped in tar, and his remains displayed on a stoop. You know, that is like a, a post attached to the gibbet. Which, while pretty fucking metal, just I mean, mm, kind of seems a little superfluous. Like like what difference does it make after they already killed you, you know? Is it that's supposed to make me not want to fucking murder? Like, oh, no, you'll desecrate my
0: corpse. I better not murder anybody. Ooh, I'm already dead.
1: Whatever. losers. Yeah, you
2: murder who you
0: want.
1: You fucking do that to him before you kill him. Yeah. Jeez.
2: Now, bunk bunkers, to be fair, some versions of the story say that Thomas Busby was sitting in his chair when he was arrested and he cursed the chair at that time, or that he just shouted the curse while being led to the gibbet. Uh, Bottom line here, Thomas Busby cursed his chair at some point after murdering his father-in-law. It has also been said that Thomas Busby's ghost haunted the intersection where he was executed as well as where his inn was located. So
1: Thomas Busby got executed, but he didn't get the chair. Thank you, thank you. Please come back to Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time for all the best capital punishment-related jokes. Come hang out with us and leave us uh, and let us give you a lethal injection of comedy. We are so fucking insufferable. Off with our heads! Oh! Oh! Hey, a knock at the bunker door. Jeez, uh, I mean, I don't know who this could be, uh... Hey! Can somebody
2: come sign for this delivery? I got two life-size Tom Selleck sex dolls. But they're Tom Selleck from Blue Bloods, not Tom Selleck from Magnum P.I. A delivery, you say? Oh, well, that sounds like a job for a business manager. Don't worry, Art. I'll take care of it. Hey, man, what the fuck? Why would you announce that you're delivering what you're delivering like that? Nobody needs to know what you're delivering. Just deliver the package and go the fuck away, okay? Just sign for the delivery, man. It's not like these things are even packaged discreetly. They're in clear plastic bags with stickers all over that say fragile sex dolls. Yeah, I get it, okay? Jesus, here's your fucking signature. Now get the fuck out of here. Peon, honey, come down here and take this delivery to my open-faced toilet chambers. Thank you. Ah, well,
1: sorry about that. We're going to cut that out, right? Um... Andy, how can you afford Tom Selleck's sex dolls? You've been Googling them daily for like a year, but they're like fucking $1,500 each. And you kept saying you couldn't afford it because of your monthly toilet paper and beef jerky budget. Where'd you get all this money all of a sudden? (laughs) Well, I guess I'm just much better with my money now that I'm a business person.
2: Okay. Something's going on here. I can smell it. Probably just smelling my cologne. Another one of my other business ventures. Ooh, the hot dog water. Anyway, about that chair of Thomas Busby, huh? The cursed chair became a local attraction, with the innkeeper and Elizabeth Busby using the chair to improve business at the inn. The inn was even eventually named the Busby Stoop Inn. People came from far and wide to park their ass in Busby's chair, and it became known that anybody who sat in the chair was likely to die soon. Just as Thomas Busby himself proclaimed. One estimate says the chair claimed more than 60 lives, And before these poor victims die, they were likely to experience things similar to being haunted by a ghost, hearing weird noises, unexplained moving of objects, paranoia, feeling itchy, warnings scrawled in blood on mirrors or walls, you know, typical haunting shit.
0: Now,
1: here are some stories about the toll this chair has taken on humanity. In 1894, a chimney sweep was in the bar of the Busby Stoop Inn, having a drink with a friend. Both men took a seat in Thomas Busby's chair. The Chimney Sweep left the inn, drunk off his arse. He then uh, laid down in the road outside the inn to sleep it off. The next day, the Chimney chimney Sweep was discovered hanging from a post next to the inn. His death. uh, He was dead in what was ruled a suicide. But, plot twist, the Chimney Sweep's friend later admitted on his deathbed to robbing and murdering his pal. I mean, that's what friends are for. Yeah. Now,
2: in one incident, a worker at the inn pulled a Chris Hansen, challenging other workers to have a seat in Thomas Busby's chair. One worker accepted the challenge
1: and sat in the chair. After leaving the inn that afternoon, the worker died. During World War II, the Busby Stoop Inn was uh, frequented by Canadian airmen from nearby Skipton-on-Swally Air Base. Skipped in on swall. I don't know. I don't know. I would guess I would say skipped in on swale swale, but I don't know if that's right. Um, It said that any airman who dared sit in Busby's chair, never returned from bombing runs over the European mainland. Ooh, how creepy pilots flying into a literal war zone. Didn't return
2: Ooh, the chair one night in 1967, two Royal air force pilots were having drinks at the inn. Curiosity got the better of them and they started to kiss each other. Oh, wait, wait, wait a minute. Oh, I'm sorry, wrong story. That's one I've got going in my head. Anyway, they were curious to try out Busby's chair. So they did. They both sat in the chair and then they both died after crashing their car into a tree whilst driving back to the airbase.
1: Now, only a few years later, after the RAF pilots had their fatal crash, a couple of bricklayers were at the inn and decided to test their luck. with the Chair of death. Only one of the bricklayers was brave enough to sit down, and he paid for his hubris, falling through a roof to his death that afternoon.
2: And let me tell you, this chair didn't care if you were trying to sit in it or not. If your butt touched the chair, you died. An employee at the inn was mopping one day and tripped and fell into the chair. Now, stumbling and falling into a chair is a pretty slick move normally, because you were kind of clumsy, but then you saved it by sitting in a chair so you can kind of pass it off like you meant to do it. Uh, Also, you avoid falling. But at any rate, this was not a good thing with the Busby chair because the mopper got a brain tumor and died. Presumably not later that day, but the
1: sources weren't totally clear, so maybe. Now, eventually, Tony Earnsaw, uh, the Busby stoop in Landlord at the time, said, quote, I gotta move this chair. End quote. That's just for Andy and I. And moved the famous and deadly chair to the basement of the inn in the 1970s. He was tired of people sitting on the chair. And I'm sure his insurance rates were through the roof with all the deaths on the premises from this fucking chair. Now, unfortunately, this psycho fucking psycho Billy freak out chair could not be stopped, Andy. An unsuspecting beer delivery driver who had no knowledge of the curse. Took a rest on the chair while delivering beer at the end. I mean, back to work, motherfucker. (laughs) We don't fucking pay you to sit. We pay you to fucking deliver beer. Lazy asshole. Within the day, though, the driver died in a car crash. Now, after this, in 1978, a vicar... A vicar? Vicar? What is that? It's like a priest. Oh, a vicar. Officially determined, the chair... Was evil. Uh, what led you to that, priestie? All the fucking death? <laughs> <laughs> so Tony Earnsaw donated the chair to the Thirsk Museum, requesting that the chair be placed somewhere. It could not be used for sitting. The museum decided to hang the chair on the wall five feet from the ground, far away from the innocent asses of the public.
2: Curator of the Thirsk Museum, Cooper Harding, did some research into the lore of the Busby chair. Harding said that there's no historical record of Thomas Busby being married to Elizabeth Audie. That said, history does show that Busby was in fact a partnering crime with Daniel Audie and that the murder was over a dispute involving a gold coin forgery scheme. According to Harding, the penalty for coin counterfeiting was death, so it's likely that Busby was executed for the counterfeiting and gibbeted for the murder. The Thirsk
1: Museum also had the chair analyzed by Dr. Adam Bowett. Chair? Chair? man of the UK's Chippendale Society. He's a dancer. <laughs> oh, is he ever? <laughs> He's a <look. laughs> And an expert in furniture. Dr. Bowett's research concluded that, based on the construction methods used to build the chair, the chair in the Thirsk Museum was built after 1840. Um, that's a hundred years after Thomas Busby was murdered by the state. So, this is not the legitimate Busby chair. But some people don't give a shit. A guy named Will Moffat started a petition in 2018 to have the UK's parliament burn this non-Busby chair in a bonfire. Now, here's the petition in its own words, grammatical and spelling errors included. This is not me not understanding how to read the English language. This is for once. For once. (laughs) Quote, I want you to burn in a bonfire because it's... An evil piece, P-E-A-C-E, of needs to be destroyed. It is currently on display at Thursk Museum. I want it to be removed and burned in the fire, a bonfire, so that the ghost can go free-free from haunting people. Also, the body of Thomas Busby, who cruised the object, must be dug up and cremated as well, so that the cruise will go away, end quote. The cruise. A
0: cruise. He cruised the object. <laughs> he took it on a trip.
1: Spelling errors included. <laughs> now, if there's So one... the ghost could go free-free. The ghost could go free-free. That's, that's how it's written. That is true. So the ghost could go free-free from hunting people. Now, if there's one thing Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time typically endorses, it's exhuming corpses to destroy them further. But ooh-wee, goo If we thought the gibbet for Thomas Busby was a little too much, this is way over the line. was Yoza. <laughs> Yoinks. Anyway, the partition got 42 signatures and didn't go anywhere. So that means that Thomas Busby's chair is still in Thurst museum, hanging on the wall. But since it's not actually Thomas Busby's chair at all, that means the Thomas Busby chair is still out there, willing, waiting, to kill again. That's why Bunkfuckers... You should remain vigilant. Don't put your ass anywhere that might be cursed. And you could easily find yourself. Hey, 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 what, what
2: the hell is going on here? Open up. It's the sheriff's of the county where we are currently. Oh, uh, I'll get it. Uh... What can I do for you, Sheriff? You're being served. You need to appear before a grand jury. You're under investigation for fraud embezzlement, public urination, and gross incompetence. Have a nice day. Fuck.
3: All right,
1: Andy. I see what's going on here. (sighs) I admit
2: it, Art. I'm a terrible businessman. I stole from the bunker fund and used it to buy Tom Selleck sex dolls. I also booked a vacation for me and the Selleck dolls in Fiji. I also forged a bunch of checks Frank Abagnale style to pay our bills. I'm sorry. Oh, also, I pissed in a Walmart parking lot right in front of a security camera. I'm
1: not sorry for that. (sighs) I knew I should have never let you be the business manager. I should have stopped you right when you announced it. I also should have never let you go to Walmart without asking you if you had to go potty first. That one's on me. What do we have left? Can we even keep this show going? I don't know. I don't know. Let's
2: let's check the bunk tech bunker vault eight thousand.
1: Eureka! We're saved. Look,
0: Andy in the vault. The whole enchilada.
1: Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time podcast will be right back after this brief message.
3: Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book.
1: Hey, welcome back, Bung Funkers. That was our research of uh, Thomas Busby's Buzz, Buzz, Buzz. Buzz, Buzz, Buzz. His buzzy chair. He's a buzzy bee. He's a little criminal guy.
2: That's the night that the lights went out in North Yorkshire. That's the night that they hung a murdering man. Don't trust your soul to no backwoods counterfeiter. Because the innkeeper in the town's got bloodstains on his hand.
1: Wow Andy what uh that was beautiful? I don't know what song that was, but um it sounded beautiful yeah,
2: that's called the that's that's called the uh the night the Lights went out in North Yorkshire." Wow
1: uh, it was written by uh, Vicky Lawrence, uh, made famous by the searchers. okay um I'm gonna take you at your word, Andy. Yep. um all of that's fact so this chair. We got to move these chairs. We got to move this chair. I guess we can let you bunk funkers. That's a I little mean, treat a- just for Andy and I. Yeah. It's a quote from an improv comedy set that we saw years ago by the very well regarded and very funny improv team, Cook County Social Club. Cook County Social
2: Club. You've got Mark Ratterman, uh, Tim Robinson, Brendan Jennings, Greg Hess, and Bill Cochran. That's right.
1: Cochran, sorry, <laughs> that's right, and so, uh, they just did this stupid scene where one of the guys was a I think it was Greg Hess and Mark Ratterman, maybe yeah, they, yeah, they were like managers of a moving company and they just kept screaming we got to move these chairs and it all started you know it's like it's normally this would be a pretty
2: lame way to start off an improv scene because you have chairs so would recounting an improv set from five years ago well yeah but that was written down so that wasn't that wasn't uh improvised so it makes it clever uh okay uh the uh (laughs) <laughs> but it was very funny. Yeah, uh, we still we still joke about it to this day. Yeah. Um gotta move these chairs. I was even reminded of something that didn't make it into the you know scripted portion, which is Kareem Abdul Jabbar stool. Kareem Abdul Jabbar stool. I don't remember how that fit into it, but it was a part of it. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um spooky chair that kills people. Yeah. This is a chair that was cursed by a murderer. Now you love to sit. If there's anything oh, I know about you, God. it's a man who loves to sit. Do I ever? Would you sit in Thomas Busby's chair?
2: Yeah. You know, although I have to say the curator of the Thirsk Museum had a pretty good take on this. Wow. Which is that he basically said, I'm going to be paraphrasing here, that he doesn't believe it. Wow. He, he thinks that the whole Busby's chair story is just sort of folklore. Uh, That developed out of the chair, and there's really no evidence to show that, you know, this chair was such a key, pivotal part of Thomas Busby's life. Right. Um, But that, why take a chance?
1: You don't have to sit in the chair. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I already got enough things in life that are trying to fucking kill me. You know, you. I don't also need a murdering chair. You and the curator of the Thirst Museum may just convince me. Maybe I wouldn't sit in it. You already got enough things in your life to deal with. (laughs) That's true. That you also need to now worry about the fact that you sat in a haunted chair.
2: Yeah. Although sometimes I do kind of wonder, like, would it be, you know, like, what if you did die then? Like, would I be like, oh, fuck. I shouldn't
1: have sat in that chair. Yeah. You'd be up in heaven. Well, no, I wouldn't. You would be in hell. I wouldn't be in
2: hell either. Yeah. You'd be in purgatory. Right.
1: It'd be like, we don't want you to suffer, even though you kind of deserve it, but. We're going to leave you in limbo. You just don't. We it. can't figure out. Nobody wants you. Satan is like, I don't want that guy. I don't you, need that guy. You look, you don't get it. And St. Peter's like, hell fucking no. He can go to hell. And Heaven he's like, fucking no. I don't want him. <laughs> so unfortunately, you're ending up in purgatory. And yeah, you're going to sit there and be like, I shouldn't have fucking sat in that chair. Art told me not to sit in that chair. And then I went and I did it. Yeah. I should have listened to art.
2: How great God. is art? Every time something goes wrong for me, I'm like, fuck, I should have listened to art. He warned me that I shouldn't buy so many watermelons all at once.
1: Eight is too many. I can't eat that many watermelons. They're all going to come tumbling down out of my hands. I'm going to look so silly. I'm going to crack my melon on the pavement. Yeah, you did. Yeah. You did, didn't you? Yeah. I dropped my melons. Um. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think I'd sit. In, I'm not sitting. I don't need to sit in a chair. I have plenty of other chairs, or I could stand. You know, I sit too much. Too much sitting will kill you.
0: What do you think about that? Wow. Cause it's so, kind of a double meeting. I'll just say,
2: so I guess you're saying that it doesn't matter whether the chair is cursed Whoa, or not. Oh my God. We sit too much.
1: Yeah. Nowadays.
2: I could sit probably for 18 hours straight. No. Then I would lay
1: down. Are you serious? No, I got to get up at some point. Oh my God. I hate sitting so much. I get antsy. It's the thing I hate most about. I know that this is like, no, no one wants to listen to fucking two guys with white collar jobs complain about their lives, but yeah. For sitting for dude. anybody
2: listening to this while they're working on the factory line, like, Oh my God, do you know how hard it is to sit? <laughs> yeah. Or like any other kind oh of, Oh like, my like, God. And I have to use like a, a keyboard and a mouse Ow, And I'm in these like fucking temperature controlled <laughs> buildings. Like I never get
1: really all that sweaty or all that cold. Um yeah, but sometimes my rotator cuff hurts because of the angle that I hold my mouse. Yeah, so... and I
2: can have water there with me, but they have these little cups sometimes at the office, and it's like, ah, oh, I want a big one. Uh, you know, it's like really hard to do this job. And I get it that, you know, people who are working on the factory are probably like, yeah, this is so true. They're so right. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh god. Yeah, but I mean like legitimately though, like sitting all day is not apparently not. But you know, obviously it's like you read these articles and they they make you think everything out there's out to fucking kill you. But I will admit that like when you're you do spend a whole day sit you ever like realize that you're like holy fuck, I spent the whole day sitting. Like maybe you wake up, you sit in your car to drive to work, you sit at work all fucking day, you sit while you eat, then you drive home and you come home You sit on the couch and then you sit to have dinner and you're like, holy fuck. I spent the whole day sitting. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I hear you. And you feel like shit. Yeah. I'm supposed to be sure. I feel like shit most days. So. Well, yeah, that's true. Maybe the sitting is related to it. Yeah. Um, So that's why people, people get standing desks. Now you got your fucking treadmill desks. you got those balls, those medicine balls that you can balance balls. You can sit on. Um, Various ergonomic chairs, ergonomic, who knows, man, could all be tied into these Thomas Busby chairs. Yeah. I guess what you're saying is that every chair is a Thomas Busby chair. When you think that's about it. it, every chair is a Busby chair. It doesn't,
2: I. it's all chairs are trying to kill us. Yeah. Well, you know what? I guess it's just that goes to show you that chair, Megan, that we, uh, our whole society is not designed to support our bodies
1: properly. Yeah, what is proper? Like I don't fucking know. Fucking laying. Everything down? we
2: do kills us. It's like you think you know people who are on their feet all day. It's like you gotta. You can't I've do worked, that. I've worked in a job where you got to be on your feet all day. Yeah. Um. You got to have good shoes. It helps to have like one of those gel kind of cushion mats. Something that's yes. like a little bit supportive, but a hundred percent, a little bit soft. So yeah. There's a little bit of cushion. Like what grass. And you should take some breaks every once in a while. Yeah. And sit.
1: But like, it's like you read all these fucking things and they're like, okay, you can't stand all day on your feet because that's bad for you. You can't sit all day. So it's like, I guess the best, the fucking most optimal thing to do that they say is just alternate. Yeah. It's to be like, you would be walking around all day, but then like taking routine breaks and squatting. Huh? And that would be, or like sitting in different positions, like changing up how you sit, like lounging one time on like your side and then, like, sitting, you know, cross-legged, and then walking, and then squatting, and then walking and then doing this, just being in, like, different positions at all times. Like, you ever seen these people who, like, their method of, like, stretching? Like, I think even Conor McGregor does this kind of stuff. He's, like, this weird primal animalistic movement. Like, this sounds like some fucking Joe Rogan shit, but, like, they do, like, these weird, like... I'm gonna demonstrate for you.
2: I'm not familiar with it. Jamie, can we get a clip of this?
1: <laughs> like they'll do like ah, ah, he's coming at me! Motherfucker's <laughs> arts on the floor. He's they'll, coming at me. They'll move like a weird animal, like on the beach. Like they'll like crawl, scuttle around on the beach. <laughs> 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 this is a warm-up? Yeah, I forget. What's, the, the, what's it supposed to do? Just it just like it's it's activating a lot of the like little muscles in your body that don't get moved. Like you think about what it's like all day the muscles that you use when um you're just fucking sitting is just like you're not really using a lot of your muscles These are for like fucking athletes and stuff i mean i guess it could be good for anybody but these are like you know fighters and people who are doing like jiu-jitsu's and mmas and stuff but it's like you know it's activating all these like little like your hip abductors and your fucking it band and like your hip inflexors or whatever they're called. And like all that shit that gets really sore when you sit all day, your it's just abs, a, just a convenient way to like do it all at once really quickly. Yeah. And it just like, it strengthens that stuff. It like gets that stuff moving more. It stretches it all out better. So you're more fluid and natural. And I got to admit, like it looks fucking silly, but it does feel good. Like, you know, when you, you were like a little kid, you like, used every part of your body like every fucking day you like played on jungle gyms you ran around you climbed stuff you would like i don't know put yourself in weird fucking positions you know i'm watching conor mcgregor right now are you
2: watching him do it yeah we got you know obviously bunk funkers. we have a live feed into conor mcgregor's home <laughs> um don't tell him conor if you're listening <laughs> yeah, seriously do the him. cameras yeah ignore them um, don't look for them conor What do you you
1: think? Was my recreation very similar?
2: I like the little arm swishes at the beginning. Yeah. And now he's kind of doing some like, you know, it's like some boxing stuff, dancing. Sure, sure. There's a lot of like, it makes sense for somebody who's
1: a fighter because it's like. He's like winding up here. He's got winding up each arm. You know, a fighter wants to be very fluid and like move around and stuff and like. Yeah.
2: Well, especially with MMA because it's like. MMA's. yeah. You could get into anything
1: anything (laughs) i mean mean anything and if you're conor mcgregor yeah you'll always uh be up against the fucking fence and then use the fence illegally to your own advantage yeah if you're conor mcgregor it's a good it's a good move great way to cheat yeah look cheating is a smart person's success (laughs) i don't know but it like makes sense though right like you know Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think moving around feels better than sitting around all day is all I'm trying to say. As
2: a as a as a child, you just do a bunch of other stuff, you know, like you're doing stuff all the time. Yeah. And you like but like think about like as a
1: kid, like you were never in the same position. Like it was hard to sit still all day as a kid. Oh, my God. Yeah. You would like do just weird shit. You'd you'd, like hang off the couch and like suddenly you're upside down and like you would be up. When was the last time you were upside down? Uh, like think about that completely upside down like hanging from something
2: <sighs> like using my own body to hold myself up and hanging yeah
1: or like anything like, like that a bat. like isn't that crazy well it's been a long time but like a kid would be like oh I did that yesterday on the monkey bars I don't know why the kid sounds like that it might not be a kid this might actually be like a 30 year old man is, pretending this, to be a kid
2: <laughs> yeah this is a person who probably shouldn't be allowed on the playground what are you talking about
1: I was playing I was, I was playing the, uh hot I was playing uh hopscotch. Hop hopscotch. I was uh up on the monkey bars. What was that game called where you would run between two trees and there was one person in the middle and they try to hit you with a ball? You know that game? No, I don't know what that game is. They didn't play that with you? Gets in like the whip balls at you as a kid? Oh, it's just me?
2: <laughs> yeah, I feel like I feel like this is a game your <laughs> classmates made up just to throw balls at you
1: were no, these like baseballs no it was like no they were dodgeballs there was a kid in the middle and he would have to throw the ball and then you would be on one tree on what so it was between two trees and then the other kid would be on the other tree and like you were on a team and so you would try to fake out the guy it was kind of like monkey in the middle but different you had a ball so like the kid in the middle had a ball and he would try to hit you with the ball and if he hit you with the ball then you were the kid in the middle you
2: know what i would have called that game run
1: between the trees you know what I would have called that game? What's that?
2: One, two, tree.
1: <laughs> that might have been what it's called. I don't know. I can't remember. That's a great name for it, though.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, Bunkfunkers, let us know if you have any experience with this game that Art's classmates
1: clearly made up just to abuse him. It was like Bases or something, like two Bases or something. I don't know. Funkers let us know. Tell us your favorite. What's your favorite? What was your favorite like childhood game? Like Knockout was a fun game that we played a lot at recess um, but we we actually like our school didn't have the they didn't always have the the net of the basketball hoop always up because mm-hmm. like I think they would like take it down in the winter because they didn't want the net to get whatever. So we played a version of knockout where all you had to do was shoot the ball into the the uh, box, the corner box on the uh, the the backboard of the basketball net. And like then you would go and then like. One person would be stationed underneath the basket trying to knock your ball out. And so, like, if you lost, then you would be that middle person. Then I don't know. It's like, I forget how we figured out who won. I don't remember. But, like, Knockout was a favorite. What were some favorite games of you when you were a child? Like, those kinds of games. Not, like, fucking T-ball and softball and bullshit like that. Like, yeah, playground games. Playground games. Um, Push Andy in the soil and fucking make him eat dirt. Was that a game? No, I was just eating dirt on my own <laughs> for the most part. Um
2: hmm. well, you know, I always used to like um you know, I remember when jacks were invented and oh come on. <laughs> <laughs> and you're in your little page boy cap. Yeah. And we I, uh, you know, kids, the guys and eyes would always, you know, go out in the streets. During uh, stick bulls playing stick bulls and uh God, I don't even know what we like not have any games like that? Oh, I'm sure we did. Makeup I know games, we had, like made up games, like there was um I don't know, like I think hide and seek was always a big one. Yeah. For us because wood chips, lava, yep. anything like that? Yeah, yeah, of course. Um those are staples. The playground, so like this was I went to an older school um and The school had like all like old fashioned, like very metal. um, All right, now, class, take out your abacus. (laughs) None of these, none of this new like playground equipment. This was all like old fashioned. Um, You know, when the sun was out, the playground equipment would get like scorching hot. Oh, yeah. Uh, Luckily, the playground was somewhat shaded because it was also right next to an old railroad bed. Um, so there was no railroad track there anymore but there was like a big trench dug, oh. like just to the side of the playground where a railroad used to be there used to be railroad tracks there Um, so when they took the tracks out like there was just this you know it was like a like an empty creek bed or something almost mm-hmm. um but there used to be railroad tracks in there so you know we weren't and supposed to go in there shade huh that would be shaded no no i'm just saying like this this was like this wasn't like out in the middle of something. This was like oh. off to the side. So there were like trees and stuff. Walnut trees, buckeye trees. Um and you you know, that would keep the like some of the equipment from getting too hot.
1: And so I have a feeling you spent your recesses. Fucking explaining shit to your fucking friends. Like, you know there actually used to be a
0: railroad
1: here, and they were traveling through, and it was pretty cool. But you know they removed it in um, 1984. Actually, was the last year that they used the railroad. And being that it is now 1989, and we're five years old, uh, the four years old. Okay, this it's now 1992. Where I was going with all this
2: is that there were lots of trees in this little like. Like there was there was some brush and stuff, so it was fun to play hide and seek
1: there. Okay,
0: okay.
2: So hide and seek, and a lot of the games were like you know it was one of these games kids like to chase each other, right? Oh, they love so, fucking chase. So each it's other. always some kind of chase game, and it's like okay, everybody goes and does this, yeah. and then um, and so that was a lot of the that was a lot of the the school time thing because we had uh, there was like this tennis court next to the playground, um, it was like an asphalt tennis court. I feel like. It was really bad, like craggy holes in it and stuff. The net was real dilapidated. <laughs> so it's not like anybody could really play anything proper on it. Uh, there was some, they had one of these um things, one of those little plastic things on a pole where it's like you shoot a ball into it and then it comes out one of the holes and the holes are numbered. Okay. And so you score the number of points that the ball comes out of. Um, so
1: much RNG for my purposes. What? RNG. RNG. Yeah, like random. It's random, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. don't think there's
2: any skill to it. Right. Um so there there was like the the tennis court also had basketball hoops at the side or at least they had backboards. Um I don't even remember if there were actually any hoops cuz it was like old wooden uh backboards. And so I'm pretty sure the like hoop the like hoop the bracket that held the
1: hoop up fell off. Um <laughs> <laughs> I feel like your parents just sent you to an
0: abandoned lot. <laughs> was,
1: they're like, yeah, I, that's school. And you're like, okay. I was the
2: only student in class. Yeah. Um, but no, it was, uh, you know, <laughs> the merry-go-round was always like a favorite of mine. Okay. Was, wow. we had a merry-go-round. Yeah. It's one of these.
1: Like a, like a playground version. Like a playground version. Yeah. Not Where like a just, carousel. Yeah. It's just like metal bars and you would fucking spin them. Motherfucker. Yeah. And that
2: thing would go really fast. And was oh my like, God. you know, there's no way yeah. to hang on. Like if you fall off, you just fly off. Yeah. Uh, So that was fun. Uh, I remember once there were like soccer fields off to the side of the Mm -hmm. playground too, uh, like beyond the tennis courts. And at soccer practice one day, I was goalie and I took a soccer ball to the head and it knocked me unconscious. (laughs) Wow. This explains a lot. And so they put me on the, they sat me down on the like merry-go-round to like recover (laughs) while everybody else was practicing. To cook. And somebody else came from like town, like it was a new person that had just moved was in my class, and I didn't know her all that well. And she was like, "Do you want me to push you?" And I was like, "Oh, I was all I was all woozy from getting <laughs> knocked unconscious." And it's so funny now because she like started pushing me a little bit. And I was like, "I'm gonna, like, I'm gonna, I'm, like in, internally, I was like, I'm gonna puke,
0: I'm gonna die."
1: <laughs> oh my god, dude! Oh, Jesus! And you're gonna sit in that fucking chair, you. You got knocked out by a soccer ball. I don't know. You might have convinced me not to. I think I did. I but think then I'm looking you, out for you. But, but then you sort of undercut your
2: own point by saying every chair is a Busby's chair. So I'm already on that path. Who cares? Just get it over with. Give me the sweet release of death. Thomas yeah. Busby's chair. True. So not a lot of creative games, but <laughs> uh, games nonetheless. I don't know. We had like, you know, you kids play like Red Rover. Do you ever play Red Rover? Sure uh i don't know i never felt like we had any games that were like oh, this is really
1: interesting uh. we had like an old tetherball thing and we would play that but we wouldn't play like tetherball it would just be like who could throw it the hardest and get it to actually spin all the way around kind of thing mm-hmm. um a um, priest near lived nearby and there was you know obviously a favorite amongst catholic school kids is run away from the priest yeah try to keep your pants on around the priest yeah. <laughs> don't let the priest touch you.
2: <laughs> Instead of don't wake daddy, they yeah. had don't wake the don't, priest. Don't fuck father. <laughs> you know, uh, as I got a little bit older, like in middle school, um, we still had like recess, I think at the very early part of middle school, like in yeah. fifth grade. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think after that though. Uh, it doesn't, really? I don't really remember, but there was at some, we had middle, we had recess at some points in middle school. And, Whoa. What would you do? Just have study hall? Yeah, I think you just go and you have lunch and then Ugh. you keep go back to class. That fucking sucks. Just dude. like high school. Um, But I had recess all through eighth grade. Jeez, must be nice. Yeah. But a lot of kids would. What do uh, eighth graders
1: do during recess? Well, a lot of kids would have like, fuck. At that point, it's like you start becoming more of a delinquent. Yeah. And so a lot of my friends would like, you know, they'd have to like take tasks or like do homework over it or like. To study, but, like, you could go outside if you wanted some outside time. But, like, most of the time, kids would just hang out and talk. Yeah. Like, that's when it just started to be, like, we just form a circle and sit around and chit-chat. And then maybe talk while playing knockout or play a game. But like That's where it really, yeah. So, I think when I was in the fifth grade, we were still having recess. Fifth and sixth grade, yeah. And the the
2: year before, we had moved. We moved to a new school. They, like, they moved... They combined like all these, they had these little schools all padded over, walls all over the district. Yeah. <laughs> but they moved them all into one big campus. Okay. So it was an elementary, a middle school, and a high school, all in one one campus, and they moved them all there. And so we moved into this new school the year before. And so then we went to the middle school that was next door right. uh, in fifth grade. And so they had this thing in the middle of the campus. This big circular parking lot, which was where all the buses would come in. Oh, okay. So it's like buses could come in and park. Sure. Kids would get off and the bus just leaves. Like it could go out the opposite way that it came in. So the traffic will keep moving. Um, and so they called it the bus circle. And <laughs> we would go, we had recess a lot in the bus circle. Because um, there was no playground at the middle school. Okay. So we went to the bus circle and people would be like, you know, playing games or whatever. And so me and my friend... Uh, and uh, w- who was not at the time, but then became my wife. Uh, wow. We, big lore reveal. <laughs> big, big, big personal. Andy lore has reveal. been dating and married his wife in the fifth grade. <laughs> we were married later that year, uh, but we were engaged in the fourth grade. And it's uh, actually true fact Bung Bungers. Yeah. <laughs> and he met his wife in the fifth grade. That's true. And uh, we used to do this thing called wacky sports announcers. That's what we called it. And the Art's already rolling his eyes. Oh
0: boy, oh
2: So we would just like walk around and watch what everybody else was doing and pretend to be sports announcers.
1: You and your wife. Yeah.
2: And my other friend. And
1: your other friend. Yeah. That's cute. That's fun. Yeah, that's like a fun game. that Around that, you're right. And now that I remember it, around that age, like that sixth, like seventh grade, eighth grade, when you're like 12 to 14, you would just like hang out on the jungle gym and chat. Like nobody played, like maybe the guys would get together and play a game, but most like, you know, my grade school only had um, six boys in the class and there's only like 13 to 14 kids in total. Like it was very small. Um, So like one time, like a lot of games would become just like someone would hang out on the jungle gym and then all the other boys would whip dodgeballs at them until they fell off. <laughs> It's a good game. So,
2: <laughs> see a lot of people in our in my class like some people would someone would bring like under football. Yeah. In their locker that sure. day. We always played football. And so
1: that would be something that people would do. But also like we grew up, I mean it's like it, it would get fucking cold and like no one wanted to go outside in the winter. So in the winter, during recess, you would just elect to stay in and like I don't know, fuck around.
2: I think in the winter we went to the gym, read books. And so then then you could, like, play basketball or... Yeah. Like, you could get a limited use of some of the, like, stuff that they had for PE classes.
1: I'm trying to remember, yeah, if they ever let us do that. Maybe they... No, because our gym was also our lunchroom. At my old school, the gym was, like, tiled floor. Like, I don't know what
2: kind of tiles, but it had, like, a tiled floor. And so yeah. when it was cold, we would just go in there and run. It used to be fun because they had some of these like scooter things.
1: Oh, fuck. Yes,
2: dude. It's just these little pieces of wood with like four little mine were plastic, on
1: them. but yeah, yeah, these were wood. And like, it's like, oh, okay, watch out. Don't get your finger caught in there. Oh, fuck. Those were the greatest fucking things. Yeah. So those were know? the Thomas Busby chair of like middle school. Those were like vehicles of death. Yeah. Carts of just, death. You would just fucking crash yourself into people and like. You just start going, and then it's like, yeah, they pick no. up speed so fast. Oh, yeah, and you would just, like, get your fucking ankles cut and, like... Oh, I
2: ran over my finger more than once. Ran over your fingies. Oh, it hurts like hell. Or you get it stuck in the top. Yeah. That's the Thomas Busby chair of middle school. Between the wheel and the bracket. That's Busby's, Busby's playground Okay, equipment. let's say
1: you're Thomas Busby's. Buzz Bunnies. And you're going to be put to death for... I mean, how can I pick one thing? Uh, but you get your last wish and you're going to curse your favorite object. What are you going to curse?
0: Wow.
1: This is a great question.
2: (laughs) So it has to be something. (laughs) my curse. It has to be something that either I want people to use because I want them to die or I don't want
1: them to use. And I want to scare them away. I think it's got to be the, uh, the second one because that's what Thomas, that's what Busby intended. He fucking, he killed a man. For sitting in this chair. Yeah. So well, I'm trying to think like if I'm dead, I kind
2: of don't care anymore.
1: Okay. Well, you can't cop out of it and pull an Andy. You have to do it.
2: So I but I'm thinking, like, hey, maybe I could think of something that I want to cause people to die if they use it. Like as a final fuck you from me. Like, ah oh, yeah, you fucking tried to use that. while well, now you're dead. Um <laughs> I could be really like a big asshole about it and like Right before I died, you know, I knew I was going to be executed. (laughs) I took out a bunch of cash from the bank and I put it in my wallet. And then I cursed my wallet. And then it's like, oh, anybody who uses my wallet's going to fucking die. (laughs)
1: Okay, I think a cursed wallet is fun. You fucking had to go around the the premise. But a cursed wallet's fun. Good Lord. This is just a vehicle... To pull up like a favorite object and make a funny anecdote about it. But you got to be like, well, I'm already dead. So in theory.
2: Uh... <laughs> oh, well, excuse me for putting some thought into my answer. I do like my wallet, though. It was a gift from my parents. They got it in Italy.
1: <laughs> it's made of pasta. Yeah, <laughs> it tastes delicious. I like your wallet. That's a fun one. Your accursed wallet is fun. It's like, yeah, that you can definitely see that. That's very goosebumps. Um, Like you pull money out of it. What is like, my favorite object? I, I mean, it doesn't have to be like a favorite, favorite object, but you know, yeah. But it's just a
2: question now I'm pondering. What is my favorite object? I think when you get a certain age, like there are no favorite objects anymore. I know if I was going to curse a seat, it would be my seat on the couch.
0: Oh, for sure.
2: Yeah. Because that's my seat. And I do, I don't really mind people sitting in it because I don't like that's my seat. But you get mad though when your family sits in it, they know. If it's it's just us at home, like we're not having people over or anything. I'm kinda like I'm kinda like that's my seat, and everybody should know that. Like that's where I sit. Yeah. Um because you know, obviously I used to have a chair and it got destroyed by (laughs) my ass. And you know (laughs) That's
0: a true fact.
1: You had you had a very comfy lazy boy chair. I had a a brown leather nice um, Was it brown leather?
2: I had a brown leather recliner, very like like one of these large
1: recliners, not not extremely large. Oh, my God. They were brown leather, weren't they? We yeah. watched Game of Thrones together on those things. But they were
2: very, very comfortable reclining chairs. Um, and, yeah. yeah, mine just fell apart uh, after, I don't know how long I had that chair. It was a wedding present. So it was, it maybe lasted like six years, seven years. Um, and we still have one. It's also falling apart. Oh, is it now? Yeah. I didn't know you still had that thing. It's it's not very comfortable anymore, but um, I don't. I probably would have cursed that chair before. Yeah, because I really like that
0: chair. Uh huh. Um. Uh huh. Okay. Maybe um. Maybe my favorite kitchen knife. Really Your like, chef's nice. I like my santoku
2: knife.
1: Ooh. Have a santoku.
2: Somebody like I mean, it's it's Cuisinart. It's not like don't ooh, don't get me wrong. This is not like some hey. some some Japanese forged ooh. steel knife. Ooh, 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 ooh. I just like the I don't know. I like. There's I, nothing wrong. Be proud of your fucking you know, santoku knife. A chef knife is more of a rocker, and I'm more of a a chopper. You yes. know, like I'm straight up and down. So I like my santoku. And uh, I understand what you're talking you about. Know, not everybody else uses it. and I'm kind of like, well, that's kind of my knife. So maybe I would curse that. Fair.
1: I like, I like all these options. These are all great options. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think That's the cursed think. Wallet, wallet is probably the most couch fun. Couch seat, Santoku knife. Because, yeah, it's like
2: cursed money. Yeah. Cursed money. It's like, and I would make sure that my family was in a really dire financial strait. So, you know, it would be one of those things where <laughs> there would be a lot of discussion about, hey, we really, we really need that money. ha <laughs> ha! I mean things are bleak here. We need that money. And we know there's a lot of money in that wallet. Like we're gonna have to do something. And then I have to figure it out. Yeah. Cause I think always my thing with my own death is I want to make it as stressful sure. on everybody else
1: that isn't. Dying. Why wouldn't you? Yeah.
2: You know, so that's why I don't have life insurance. No. Um, in fact, I I entered into this weird contract that you can do if you want. It's like the opposite of life insurance. It's where it's where when you die, all of your funeral arrangements and stuff, like, you get the, the luxe package of everything. Um, and it's totally, completely, it's, it's alone. And it automatically assigns to whoever is your, like, remaining next of kin. Uh uh-huh. um, So I set it up so it would go to my child um, so that he'll have debt uh, immediately when I die. And it's at, like, a 50% interest rate. It's very expensive. And I think it's the best thing I can give them is the gift of the gift of a burden. So they can feel like me as you were in life. You are in death. Exactly. A burden. Exactly. I don't want it to be a hard transition. You know, it's like I die and they're like suddenly, oh, this is so great. Like, yeah, finally, we're free. We're free of him. It's like, no, No. I got to leave some. I got to leave some booby traps behind. Yep.
1: So that you always remember me. Fair enough, Andy. Um, Bunkfunkers, let us know what is your cursed object. What's your cursed object? You know, I want to know. In my younger days, I would have said one of my guitars. Because uh, one time in middle school, I let my friend who I told me that he told me that he, this was before, this is like, I got it for Christmas, right? I got the guitar for Christmas. He was like, oh, I'm going to start playing guitar. But I hadn't learned how to really like play yet because I was gonna go take lessons. And then my friend was like, Oh, I know how to play guitar. So I let him do it. And then he was like, Oh, this thing's out of tune. And I was like, I, I don't know, I guess so. So he started tightening it and then he snapped one of the strings. And I wow. freaked out. I was like, Oh, fuck, you broke it. I brought it into a guitar shop and they like fucking like punked me. They were like, And this is why, like, they fucking scolded my ass. They were like, This is why we don't let friends you know, tune our guitars or whatever like that. Like, I was like, Jesus fuck. I'm sorry. I just, he told me like, what am I supposed to do? Think my friend is a fucking liar. Sorry, guitar world. Jeez. Fuck. (laughs) Fucking little music music shop.
2: Came here to get my uh, G string fixed.
1: Not have, not have some lecture on morality. Yeah, I know. Um, so, and then from then on, whenever I would get new guitars, like no one could fucking touch them. Even my friends who were better at me guitar and could actually play, and I knew they could play, they couldn't fucking touch my guitars. But I haven't played guitar since I was like, I don't know, twenty. So you're saying I can touch your guitar? Yeah, you can probably touch. Um, Whoa. Um, I would probably. I'm gonna go with a weird one. Maybe is um something I don't like people touching, it, like my towels. Like I have a specific towel in the house and I use um, face towels. So I have these towels that I put over my pillows every night and I sleep on them. These are face towels and they're my face towels. And then I flip the towel. And so I only get two uses out of the towel before I, it goes back into the laundry bin. Wait, why do you do that? It's like a, like a thing. Like, it's like, you know, uh, like to keep your, it's like a face care thing. If you have a greasy fucking skin and face like I do, I, I like to sleep on a clean surface because if you sleep on the same, think about the pillowcase and then people are like, well, why don't you just change your pillowcase? I'm like, I don't want to change my pillowcase every fucking two nights. That's a lot. Just just put a face towel. I just get a pack of face towels. Those are my face towels. And those are really easy to just flip and clean. Yeah. So I'm going to say cursed, cursed towels, maybe like, you fucking, like, you get this towel, and you're like, well, I'm going to wash my face with this towel. And you wash your face, and then, like, your face print. You know, like, sometimes when you wash your face, you leave your face, and you can see your print of your face. Yeah. Maybe it's, like, haunted, and it turns into, like, a spectral face in the wow. towel. And then it tells you your future. And it tells and you, it you, tells gonna you when you're going to die. Yeah. Because like you used my cursed thing. towel. Jeez. So I have cursed towels. That's cool. Is it? No. <laughs> uh,
2: <laughs> no. Maybe I would also curse my toothbrush because I really don't like anybody using my toothbrush. Well, okay. I mean. Well, no. And I don't mean we, nobody should be using nobody, your toothbrush. I don't want I don't to really just say using my toothbrush. Who the fuck is going to reuse your toothbrush? If somebody is wiping up the bathroom counter and moves my toothbrush, I'm kind of like, you could ask me to do that. Right. I gonna, hope
1: you put the toothbrush somewhere that is okay. While you're you're, wiping you're getting a little anal retentive. I'm gonna well, I'm gonna say that's a little anal retentive. Well, maybe I like anal. What are you worried that fecal matter is gonna fly up and get on your fucking toothbrush? You never know. Mythbusters busted that. Brush my tooth with shit? No, thanks. All right, bunk bunkers. Let us know what is your cursed object. Let us know hashtag my cursed object. <laughs> Coming to TLC. <laughs> My cursed object. Um, Andy, anything else to talk about with Thomas Bugs Bunny's chair?
2: I really don't get the whole gibbeting thing of, you know, I get it that it's like, oh, f- this is like a warning. But it's like they killed him first. It would have been way more impactful if he was alive. Like, that's really cruel. But it just seems so unnecessary. It's like, you you know, you're already executing him in public.
1: But then you got to dip him in tar, you know. Until his body just dissolves. Andy, I'm going to say this, that uh, people have different opinions on than you of what happens to their bodies and souls after they die. And uh, especially during that time, it seemed like people would have been wanting... You got to be buried right You away. have to have an honorable, buried death. Otherwise, you don't get to go to heaven. Yeah, that's fair. But you don't give a fuck. That I is a, a patented... Fuck.
2: Andy You can stuff my body in a cannon and shoot me out to outer space. I don't I plan give on a it. shit. I plan on it. You can put my body in the ocean and let the fish eat it. I don't give a shit. That you a- could put my body on a train and send it to Moscow. I don't give a shit. You can draw fucking dicks all over my body. I don't give a shit. <laughs>
1: I'm going to do a weekend at Bernie's with your dead body.
2: <laughs> what, what? Where instead of everybody having a good time, everybody's having a really bad time and it's all because I'm there. Yeah. And people are like, I thought he was fucking dead. Like, Oh, this
1: sucks. Right. Oh, hi Andy. And you're walking around going,
0: hey, it's me.
1: Tha. It's me. Andy.
0: <laughs>
1: oh, Hey, what's up? You guys trying to have a serious discussion? Let me just pepper in some obnoxious
0: dad jokes over and over and over again. (laughs) Weekend at Andy's.
1: (laughs) Weekend at Andy's. No, I I mean, yeah, you're right. You know, I guess it is a little bit more. uh, But, you know, I don't know. People would fucking put heads on a... On a stake is a way of sending a message. Yeah. Sends a message. Sends a message to the living. Don't fucking murder. Over (laughs)
2: chairs. It's like sending a putting a head on a stake. I feel like is more of a, you know, warning. Yeah. It's like, I'm going to fuck you up. Right. You come in here. It's like people were already aware. That's a barrier. Right. Like you're already aware that he died. Yeah. People are already know, aware that you should
1: not murder people over right. chairs.
2: Yeah, I don't know. When was the when was the time where people were like, I'm not really sure what the rules on murder are. When was the time in humanity where people were like, <laughs> murder's kind of a gray area. I don't know if it's good or a bad thing to do. <laughs> I don't know if there was ever a time people were like, you know, murder, look, not every it's not for everybody, but it's kind of a necessary thing. Well, I do have to say, he did sit in his chair. So, you know, for me, deployed, for me, for me, there's a lot of things that um you can justify a murder with and i you sit in a chair of a fav of is his favorite. I hey, did say it was his favorite.
1: <laughs> that was very clear, quite clear. Hey, let it be known to everybody in the whole, re- whole town. <laughs> <laughs> and that in right there was his
0: favorite chair. He says, Hey! I-
3: oh, you love him
0: old chair. Don't you fix your
2: gaze on my chair.
1: <laughs> what a sad life. that, Like a fucking chair is
2: like my thing. <laughs> Can you imagine if that chair was sentient, though? What would the chair say? The chair would probably be like, God damn it. Not again. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> fucking guy. Anyone's ass. But this dude's Jesus Christ. I'm his favorite. Fuck me. The chair's talking to the lamp when Thomas Busby's not around. <laughs> He's like, do you believe this fucking asshole? Jesus Christ. This poor woman. Poor
1: Elizabeth. She's fucking drunk. At least your dick doesn't get yanked every night.
2: The lamp said that? Yeah. That's the lamp. It's, a pull. it's, it's a... an electric light. <laughs> it's 1702. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Thomas, <laughs> Thomas Busby, time-traveling scientist.
0: <laughs> At least he put all that counterfeit gold to work. You know, we need to redo
1: Beauty and the Beast and come up with a, a whole cast
0: of <laughs> modern
2: characters. Yeah, we need a we need a a mashup,
1: basically. Yeah, the Brave uh, Little Toaster, Brave but, Little Toaster, yeah, and Beauty and the Beast. We do the Brave Little Beast. Um, All right, let's the Brave Mister Beast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Andy, let's get to our verdicts here on Bugs Bunny's chair. Verdicts,
2: verdicts. Do we think that this chair was cursed and did it? Take responsibility for a bunch of deaths. I've got to go. Case closed. Oh, There's a couple of points here. First of all, I don't really believe it. Um, Most people who've investigated the situation say, there's really no evidence for this. This is a much later thing. Thomas Busby died in 1702. We don't hear about a death until 1849. It's a big gap. Big gap. 1894. Much a big gap. Big gap. So, this has become some sort of a folklore, a local legend type of deal. Um, and, you know, there's not really a lot of evidence that all of these people actually ever sat in this chair. And if the chair that's in the Thirsk Museum is, in fact, the chair that was leading to all these deaths at the Busby Stoop Inn, that chair isn't Thomas Busby's chair. It's not. Which means that that's actually a cursed chair or that, you know, people... Who's, who's cursed there's, that a, chair? there's a case of mistaken chair identity here. So... <laughs> You know, I kind of, I kind of feel like it's just a, you know, it's just a good, it's a fun local legend. I like that they put the chair on the wall in the I Thirst Museum. it's music a great and legend. And people come in and they're like, oh my God, the chair. Ooh.
1: What so, a fun, the, the perfect example of a inn fucking making use of something to drive business. Yeah. I mean,
2: you know, you get stuck with this inn after your criminal husband is brutally murdered by the state. You might as well make the most of it. And, and mean, he murdered your dad. And, oh yeah, and... Yeah, your
1: husband murdered your dad and then was murdered by the state. That's true. That's why he's a murderer. And now his dead fucking rotting corpse <laughs> covered in tar across the right across the street. Gee, come on in for a beer and look at my dead husband's naked ass. Hey, you know that guy that's covered in tar and
2: rotting in the sun he used to own this place. <laughs> I was married to him.
1: He used to look better before. <laughs> anyway, get you a pint. Yeah, no. Good for them. Turn it good around, for Elizabeth. Good job, Elizabeth. Um, make that, make that quiche. Get some quiche. But that's my verdict. I'm gonna do the classic. Um, like I'm gonna give it like a plausible smidge and say that. Um, you know, this is one of those things where it's like the spirit of destiny, where like public opinion. Um, of something can give it power, and I think maybe you know psychologically, like the placebo. Yeah you know enough people believe but all the I mean it's like every almost every single one of those I mean it's like okay these Canadian pilots they were literally fucking in war so it's like you really think that was the chair not the fucking war effort
2: I mean little little known fact that had it not been for this curse on the chair Hitler wouldn't have
1: existed
0: (laughs) yeah right
1: like (laughs) that was all because of the chair I mean, some of the dudes like the dude fell through a roof, like roofing is a dangerous job, but mm-hmm. it's kind of ooh, like, okay, yeah. But uh you cleaning know. cleaning person that got a
2: brain tumor. Yeah. I mean, clearly that's because of the chair. The chair works in
1: mysterious ways. <laughs> I'll hail the chair. No, I think like, you know, it's one of these things where it's like, yeah, public opinion can kind of uh <laughs> a lot of people hold power over people. A lot of people
2: assessing this, other people yeah. have said it like you know, it's a good legend because everybody's gonna die eventually. So, you know, you can always just say, well, if they sat
1: in the chair, it was the chair's fault. <laughs> it's true. That's true you can. And uh bunk funkers, you can say those were our verdicts because yeah. that's what they were. Yeah, you can say anything you want, but and those definitely were our verdicts. And
2: you can you can let us know what yours are by using the hashtag. Um, let's see, use the hashtag what was that fake TLC show name? I have a cursed object.
1: <laughs> yeah, you can just say my Hashtag cursed ob- my
2: cursed object. Sure. Oh, wait, cursed. no, wait. That was for the other thing. Well, it could be for both. No, no, let's come up with a better okay. one. Okay, hashtag Weekend at Andy's. So tell us about your cursed object. Use the hashtag my cursed object. Tell us about your verdict on Thomas Busby's chair.
1: Use the hashtag Weekend at Andy's. That's right. <laughs> hashtag Weekend at Andy's. Let us know what you think. Email us, MrBunkerPod at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter and Instagram. At Mr. Bunker Pod. YouTube us. YouTube Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast. Mm-hmm. Find us on Patreon. If you have the means to do so, you want to support the show, you can get, I mean, patreon.com forward slash Mr. Bunker Pod. 30 plus hours of content on our Patreon only show and in our debunked. Uh, Mr. Bunker's Project Podcast podcast where you can hear a series of very comedic uh, podcasts that Mr. Bunker tried to create before he got to our show uh, with our friend, Nick, not intentionally comedic either. Right. Um, newsletters, access to the bunker discord. We can chat with Andy and I and other bunk funkers and post memes and, um, bunker alarm and like other bullshit. So, uh, (laughs) sneak peeks when we can get them to, uh, behind the scenes info on behind, behind the scenes, info on, uh, stuff.
0: Let's just put it that way.
1: <laughs> yeah, you get you get you get um heads up first look at, you know, being a patron of the show. A huge we, gra- thanks and gratitude from us. Yeah, continuously we are so thankful. We
2: value our patrons we very, very much there, and we hope so. that patrons feel that way, but yes. we like to, that means
1: that And we're very we trying like to give you early access yeah. to big big happenings. So, big behind the scenes looks at stuff that's that's comings and um yeah, so uh Andy Anything else for uh, I pull the chair out from under you? (laughs) (laughs) No, I'll just say bunk bunkers. Be
2: careful where you sit. One time when I was a kid, I went into a mall and I think it was a JCPenney store. One of those anchors at the mall. And I don't know. My mom was looking for something or my sister. And I sat in a chair and one of those little pins that go inside of clothes went directly into my ass cheek. So
0: you got to watch where you sit. <laughs> this was a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: This just this just happened before oh, I came. Well, for the someone else who's like a fucking pin needle in our ass, Mr. Bunker. Not yeah. for him, but for the titular. But for what? Oh, the, how does this fucking end? Wow, titular from the movie Weekend at Andy's. Me. Yes, that's right. It
2: goes. <laughs> Wait, what is the word? What am I? Oh, fuck. For how your, do I do the fucking outro for not always, the titular Mr. Bunker, say For not the titular right, Mr. Bunker. Before
1: my prerogative. Okay. Co host. Any heart? I'm our Stone saying that was the whole enchilada.
0: All right. Yummy. <laughs>